Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is Step 7, Humbly Ask God to Remove Our Shortcomings. In the sixth and seventh steps of the program, we became willing to let go of our defects of character, issues, behaviors, old feelings, unresolved grief, and beliefs that are blocking us from the joy that is ours. Then we ask God to take them from all from us. I'm going to re- review that because, you know, I think that that phrase defects of character can be off-putting, but it says here issues, behaviors, old feelings, uh, unresolved grief and belief that are blocking us from that joy that is ours. And then we ask God to take them from us. And I think for me personally, one of them is this black and white thinking, um, you know, uh, this everything is right or wrong, that kind of behavior and also just uh, not emoting. Like those are the things that don't serve. So I think sometimes, you know, I've heard it referred to as default coping mechanisms or character defaults. Um, And it's just a vital step back to the reading. Isn't that simple? We don't have to contort ourselves to make ourselves change. We don't have to force change. For once, we don't have to do it ourselves. Life is a we program is what I keep realizing now. And it's more fun that way. All we have to do is strive for an attitude of willingness and humility. All we have to do is ask God for what we want and need. And then trust God to do for us that which we cannot do and do not have to do for ourselves. I think that I like that last point about, you know, not that's not, we don't have to do that for ourselves. Back to the reading. We do not ha- have to watch with bated breath for how and when we shall change. This is not a self-help program. In this miraculous and effective program that has brought about recovery and change for millions, we become changed by working the steps. Today, God helped me surrender to recover and to the process by which I became changed. Help me focus on the step I need. Help me do my part, relax, and allow the rest to happen. God, that's just such a, I'm so grateful for the steps. Back to the, the next reading also comes from Melody Beatty's Language of Letting Go, and the topic is survivor guilt. We begin recovering. We begin taking care of ourselves. Our recovery program starts to work in our life, and we begin to feel good about ourselves. Then it hits guilt. Whenever we begin to experience the fullness of joy of life, and that's what I'm starting to see, underneath the resentments, the fears, uh, you know, the trauma is the joy that's hidden, and I think that's one of the things that has been most resistant to coming uh, to my life. And, you know, now I can kind of be compassionate about it because I can kind of understand, you know, why that joy, um, you know, is missing even when things start to, you know, look better on paper. Um, Man, this is just a gift to read this stuff, Um, especially out loud too. I think that activates uh, a different, uh, my coach talks about that, like it activates a different function. Back to breathing. Um, Whenever we begin to experience the fullness and joy of life, we may feel guilty about those we've left behind, those not recovering, those still in pain. This survivor guilt is a symptom of codependency. Ooh. Wow. Letting that one sink in. We may think about the husband we've divorced who is still drinking, codependency. We may dwell on a child grown or adult still in pain, codependency. We may get a phone call from a non-recovering parent who relates his or her misery to us, and we feel pulled into their pain and meshment. 
How can we feel so happy, so good when those we love are still in misery? Can we really break away and lead satisfying lives despite their circumstances? Yes, we can. And yes, it hurts to leave behind those we love, but keep moving forward anyway. Be patient. Others people's recovery is not our job. We cannot make them recover. We cannot make them happy. We may ask why we were chosen for a fuller life. We may never know the answer. Some may catch up in their own time, but their recovery is not our business. The only recovery we can truly claim is our own. We can let go of others with love and love ourselves without guilt. Today, I am willing to work through my sadness and guilt. I will let myself be healthy and happy, even though someone I love has not chosen the same path. And now we move to ACA, Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is change in the workplace. By using our program and the support of our fellowship, we learn that we can affect changes in our working lives. At work, many of us noticed we were extremely uncomfortable. It certainly was, you know, probably a year and a half in a recovery. Then I, I think I started seeing a shift. Back to the reading. When we talked about our job difficulties, an ACA member asked if we'd ever read Chapter 14, Taking Our Program to Work. When we read it, we couldn't believe how true it was. Again, you know, a lot of transference. I think transference with authority figures, you know, authority figures in the workplace, um, you know, recreations of, uh, recreations of other types of relationships. And just, you know, going through the trauma therapy of I'm going to, and there's, st- there's, there's steps that have been shown to understand, you know, how to get in and out of transference, for example. Back to the reading. When we read it, we couldn't believe how true it was. Again, ACA literature told us things about ourselves we didn't know. We started to see ourselves in our jobs with fresh eyes. We learned that we related to people at our jobs as though they were our families of origin. We saw them through the filter of our laundry list traits, and we acted accordingly with each person depending on their mood and who, and who they reminded us of from our family. By relying on a higher power, the support of our meetings and fellow travelers, and our continuing working on the steps, we now notice little changes here and there. We are able to pause and ask ourselves, is this big reaction I'm feeling based on the here and now? What does it remind me of? We use our recovery tools and call or email our recovery supporters during these times to process our experiences. Before we know it, our recovery is present in all parts of our lives, especially on the job. On this day, I will remember that I am safe and important, whether I'm home, at work, or somewhere in between. And there has really been some little changes. And I think one of them is just understanding that, you know, you know people who are in authority figures at work have nothing to do with, um, you know, they don't have similar traits as, you know, the authority figures that we grew up in. And, you know, it's one thing to intellectually know that. And that's why I think this work is just so important. Um, because, it, you know, you do, do notice little changes or little things or things that you can... You know, talk to fellow travelers. You can kind of point out those blind spots. The next reading also comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is earning inner loving parent. Learn to validate yourself by becoming your own loving parent. God, I love ACA. In ACA, we pay attention to how we talk to ourselves in our heads. Mindfulness helps us stop those thoughts that say what's wrong with me and replace them with, I have a lot of things going for me. I am amazing. As we work our program and make progress, we become our own loving parent and learn to take care of ourselves by affirming our growth. 
I think key concept here in this paragraph is, you know, I have a lot of things going for me. I'm amazing. And, you know, to talk, to learn to talk back to that critic that like, you know, I'd kind of identified as my own voice and it just really isn't. And, you know, just to have that, that courage and, and find people who have been able to, you know, I think that's part of my fascination with creative people because the ones who have put out the work have obviously been able to get past that inner critic at some points, at some point, because that's, that's vicious. You know, it's almost like in some ways, it's almost like a sparring partner. Back to the reading. It seems to be second, seems second nature for us to be critical of ourselves, even about our recovery work. We can tell ourselves that we aren't doing it right or it's taking us too long. But when we see children learning to read, is it okay to criticize them along the way? Or do they need to hear encouragement and support and have someone say positive things like, outstanding, you're doing great, keep it up. Most of us didn't hear these words in our dysfunctional families or only heard it when we accomplished outstanding, amazing, crazy things. Back to reading. But we can learn to say them to ourselves now. Our inner loving parent can tell us some of the most wonderful words a parent can say to a child. Words a child remembers for a lifetime. Words that help a child know they are okay the way they are. I love you and I am proud of you. This is what we've been wanting to hear. This is what we've been waiting to hear. On this day, I will capture positive moments, feel proud of myself for the work I'm doing, and tell myself I am loved for who I am. And that concludes today's readings, uh, today's very powerful readings for Recovering My Inner Child. Till next time, this is Kowan Saluja reminding myself to notice transference in the workplace, to feel my feelings, to don't just do something, sit there, to connect with that small, that still small inner voice, and to pause, because that's where God is.